Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and hello to all of you, my listeners, my Unlucky Lounge rats. Good to have you joining us back here in the Unlucky Lounge for a brand new episode of Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of the Unlucky Lounge. Joining us, as always, is the 2-2 that's always there for you, especially when it comes to the outset of a brand new limited format. His name is Borok, my bear buddy. Kaldheim is on the horizon. You ready, bro? Oh, you best believe I am ready. It has been quite some time. In fact, off the top of my head, I believe September was the last time we had brand new cards in a limited environment. Of course, Cube brings old cards into a new sense, but just brand new cards, new mechanics, playing around in different design spaces. It's been a while. And thank all that is good, we are about to go to a brand new plane with a bunch of really cool new interactions. And we are going to kick off that exploration of this brand new plane with a draft and draft tradition. But before we get to that, a few bits of housekeeping and upkeeping. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, bleav.com or wherever you download your audio goodness. Keep your midday blues away with Believe, and you can help us support the show by finding us on socials. On Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, and YouTube, Draft and Draft Corey, my Instagram. You can find me, Corey Demone Enriquez. Or if the show is giving you some joy, find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash draft and draft. A lot of really cool tiered benefits, including shoutouts on the show, special content only accessible to our patrons. And if you've noticed lately, all of my listeners, we've increased the number of ads in the show. It's the nature of the beast. When artists like myself are creating things, we have to sometimes find ways to make it liquid. But for my patrons on the show, you actually get these episodes ad-free, exempt the ones that Borak and I make. And if you want to help us support the show directly and enjoy some of those tiered benefits, once more, patreon.com backslash draft and draft. Help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. Well, friends, that's enough of the housekeeping and the upkeeping. The Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Conjurer's Closet, and it's time to get to the draft and draft tradition we like to call Excess or Make Sense. This is a fun little game show in the Monoscrew Manor event hall where we put one of the commons or uncommons of the newest limited environment and see if we can find its one true draft or sealed match made in heaven. Or whatever the afterlife looks like on call time, I'm not sure. Stovacor? No, wait, that's Star Trek. Enough of the silliness. Let's go back to the Monoscrew Manor event hall to see if we can find this one card's true limited match in a show we like to call Excess or Make Sense. Oh, no, thank you very much. Oh, you're making me blush like a princess up here. I have to say, I've not heard an ovation as joyous as that as when I told my mom I was finally graduating from college. 
And I'll tell you something, my bank account was pretty happy too. Friends, welcome to Excess or Make Sense, our way of exploring a new limited environment by putting one card under the spotlight to try and find its one true limited match. You know me, Corey, you know my sidekick, Borok, but who you don't know is the card we are having play our game show here today. It is a cute little diminutive flying friend, a 1-2 flying first strike for a single white mana, but don't underestimate its cute stature it packs quite the wallop please give a big unlucky lounge rat welcome to battlefield raptor Battlefield Raptor, welcome! Good to have you here in the Unlucky Lounge, and welcome to Excessor Make Sense. You can take a seat right over here, or a perch. Oh, stop it, audience. Who do you think I am, Dana Carvey? Well, enough with the funny business. Battlefield Raptor, welcome to the show. Tell me, are you excited to play? I knew you would be because we have a series of cards that pair oh so perfectly with you. All you have to do at the end of meeting these cards is pick the one that you think is your true match. Simple to play. Are you ready to dig in? Amazing. Our contestant is ready. Our audience is excited. Let's see if your high hopes can be fulfilled with our first potential match. Your first potential match, while you only cost one, this card costs two. And imagine the two of you adding together for an amazing turn three. A one-one for one and a black, enjoying some second spell synergies from the Berserker Clan, ready to party with you. Friends, welcome. Potential match number one, Blood Sky Berserker. Uh, it's nice to meet you, Battlefield Raptor. I'm Blood Sky Berserker. I like to do things two times, and I'm ready to party and rock with you. Bataka! Oh, oh wowie, we got quite the live one coming out the gates. Initial impressions, Battlefield Raptor. How do you feel about doing things twice? And in general, what's your overall opinion on rocking out? I, uh, Battlefield Raptor, I also made a song to celebrate this momentous occasion. And a songwriter on top of all that. Swoon, my heart be still. Audience, do you want to hear Blood Sky Berserker's song for Battlefield Raptor? Well, the audience has spoken. Blood Sky Berserker, the stage is yours. Let's hear your sweet serenade. Well, all right then. Uh, this song is dedicated to the one creature that can make my heart soar. Battlefield Raptor. Alright, Berserkers, you know what to do. Here we go. One, two, one, two, three. Oh, something about this. Hold on, I remember this song. Oh, no, no, wait, wait, stop, stop. Hey, what's a big deal? What's your mental misstep, mate? We were really rocking out there. Um, two things. Blood Sky Berserker. Number one, I will not have anyone on a family show say the word. No, no, yo, you, did you think I was going to say that? Uh -huh. No, no, we weren't going to say that. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. We were going to say. What were we going to say? Peking Duck. Peking Duck. My love for you is like Peking Duck. That's the lyric. Berserker. Peking Duck. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Borak. That is pretty sus. Why? Watch it. Number two. 
that is totally not a song that you wrote for Battlefield Raptor. That's from the first Clerks film, Berserker, Love Among Freaks. Yeah, so what? Dude, that's plagiarism. No, that's not plagiarism. Yeah? I told you, I like to do things twice. Oh my gosh. Besides, mate, have you ever heard of a cover band? Cover band? Ugh, you gotta be kidding me. Well, let's let Battlefield Raptor decide just how authentic that song dedication was to her, but let's go ahead now and meet our next potential match. If I know anything about you, Battlefield Raptor, you endeavor to get bigger, am I right? I had a feeling, and what better way than with plus one plus one counters, but why one when you can have two? On an enchantment saga for one green white, first two chapters, put a counter on you, then to boot, exile the highest power creature your opponent controls. It's an enchantment saga known as Fall of the Imposter. Thank you. I dedicate this cover song to Battlefield Raptor. Our saga represented by some bard, folks. I don't... Yes, thank you, everyone. <clears throat> Molto Allegro. Mm. A great adventure is waiting for you ahead. You snakeskin veil, battlefield raptor, or you will soon be dead. The journey before you may be long and filled with woe, but you must escape the poisoned cup so your tale can be told. Well, apparently our audience not a big fan of this barding. The question is, Battlefield Raptor, how do you feel about this particular recanting? A fair shout, my feathered friend. Excuse me, Mr. Bard? Uh, Mr. Bard? Yes, Cory. How about we try something a little bit different? An excellent idea, Cory. This is where our story changes. Battlefield Raptor is at its lowest until it meets a friend. Maja Breta, God protectors there. Oh, sorry folks, sorry, clearly this bard is not working out. Hey, Borak, can we find another bard to take his place, please? No, get your hands off me, you oafish brute! No. Yeah, that's right, crowd, you tell him, no one calls Borak an oafish brute, except for me. I mean, yeah, it was technically me, I do all the voices on the show, but... You know, Battlefield Raptor, come on, just play along. <laughs> This is a good lesson to learn here. Next time I bring a bird on the show, I need to remember they like to break the fourth wall. Whatever, man. You found me, I found you. It's all the same in the cosmos of the universe, man. Ooh, a nihilistic 90s grunge half-baked rock cover guy? Good call, Borok, on replacing that bard. This is a song called The History of Battlefield Raptor, and it's not just some list of things she's done in the past. It's a chronicling of her rise to power! She's flown with kings on mighty steeds across all Boreal. She perched with Halvar in his blade. He did not die in vain, no! Looks like we have an unexpected pairing of Blood Sky Berserker and Fall the Imposter, but what pair will Battlefield Raptor decide? Well, to find that out, we have to first meet our third potential match. As they say, birds of a feather flock together, and what better partner to make than another bird flying with you on your call time journeys, Battlefield Raptor. It's a 3-3 three, three for 3 in a blue, but what's that? You can foretell it for 1 in a blue. Yikes! A phantom monster with a payment plan. Please meet Augury Raven! Yes, Audrey Raven, welcome. Good to have you joining us here for the game show, perched right by Battlefield Raptor. How's it feel to be here? <laughs> Sorry, Audrey Raven, I didn't quite catch that. Could you repeat that one more time? 
<laughs> so sorry, Augury Raven, but it's this one moment that I realize I don't speak crow. <laughs> sorry about that, folks. What an oversight. I don't know what to tell you, Borok. Bear, bird, very easy for me to pick up, but crow, it's really a strange dialect, if you ask me. Well, at least it seems like Battlefield Raptor knows how to speak Raven. It seemed to be talking well to me. Hey, there's conversation, folks! It almost feels like Augury Raven is singing now to Battlefield Raptor. I just wish we could understand what they were saying. Oh, Borok, remember we picked up that bird translator during the Animaniacs episode. Do we still have that laying around? Oh, that's it right there. Yeah, perfect. All right, now how do we get this to speak crow? Uh, there's the adjustment dial and... Oh, translation, there we go. Are you telling me Augur Raven was seeing Barry White with full orchestration the entire time? I would have never guessed. Battlefield Raptor, you're swooning. Get it, girl. Actually, now that I think about it, let's turn this off. The song is highly inappropriate. Borak, what's up with all of our guests singing highly inappropriate songs today? Yeah, well, I guess more power to them all. Wait a minute. We're almost at the end of the show. Borak, we might get through the show without incident this time. Well, friends, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out that Battlefield Raptor has made her choice. It looks like her one and true limited match is Augury Wait a minute, why did our music stop? Alright, I'll take that. Wait, who are you? Oh, hey, I'm Spike. Why are you taking Battlefield Raptor? Oh, I'm just picking Battlefield Raptor before anyone else no, does. No, you, you can't do that. You're not even a contestant in the show. You're not even a card. You're a magic player. You can't mm. do this. Well, here's the thing. You're trying to do something cute with it, but the truth right? is, yeah, you're supposed to play the card and maximize on it. Take as many of them as you guess. can, as early as you can, then as many silly auras, put them on there, then your opponent has their one removal spell, and right? then you play Snakeskin Veil on it, protect it with Hexproof. Oh my gosh, they always have that. In, and they can't even block with their flyers because it has first strike. So you're just wow, going to maximize on this as much as you can and win the game. It's not really interactive, and you just, you know, win. Well, that doesn't seem like a lot of fun at all. Yeah, so do you think this card was designed to be fun? I mean, I thought so. You pick up maybe a few runes and some other cool things and make it part of your plan. No, this isn't part of your plan. This is your whole plan. And you're never going to table this card. Come on, Battlefield Raptor. Let's go. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Battlefield Raptor and Spike, I guess. They're going to make a perfect pair. Not how I expected the show to end, but hey, we made a match. Hooray. We'll be right back after this break. Morak, why can this show never go as planned? Yes, Borak, the lens loves you. Work it, my bear friend. Work it. We need to get these into your portfolio. You're going to be a modeling hit, my friend. But we got to get them tangible, you know? It can't just be on the phone. Of course, I forgot about Free Prints, the free app for your iPhone or Android that lets you print all of those photos for free. You get a thousand free 4x6 photo prints a year and you pay just a small shipping charge. You can even print photos at other sizes for next to nothing. My lucky lounge rats, this is your call to action. Freeprints.com, world's favorite app enjoy professional real quality free prints great for gifts no subscriptions no commitments 
freeprints.com. Come on, Borak, let's snap a few more photos before going to the website. These photos are so good. The Milan runway is the next stop for you, my friend. I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Well, all of my unlucky lounge rats, welcome back. We hope you've refreshed, refueled, and maybe recovered from the ending of our game show. Excess or make sense for some reason. We can never get through this show properly. I mean, I suppose it's better than being kicked out of the unlucky lounge by Black Bloom Rogue. Small little bits at a time, right? Maybe one day, my friend. Maybe one day. In any case, Accessor Makes Sense is our window into talking about these cards before we have a chance to play them. This episode is dropping right before the Early Access Streamer event for Kaldheim, before some of our favorite Magic personalities are going to get their hands on these cards and before we get a chance to play with them as well. And trying to find a way for us to engage in the conversation in a different way than, say, a card-by-card -card review and trying to look at things from a wider perspective of mechanics and pairs and trying to find a way to define our own playstyle inside of the newest limited sets, this is what this show is about. And the card we pick to be the head of Excess or Make Sense typically signifies something greater about the format and kind of think Battlefield Raptor might be exactly what this set is going to have in store for us. A lot of meme-worthy decks. Battlefield Raptor as a 1-2 flying first strike creature is a threat to contend with. And there is a number of things to make this creature not small. There's a number of auras like, say, Arachniform. One to green, an aura, it gives it plus two, plus two every creature type, and reach. Although the reach is irrelevant, it's still on turn number three becoming a 3-4 first striking flyer. Your opponent has to have a very solid piece of removal. This could include removal like Feed the Serpent to Black Black Instant Exile Target Creature or Planeswalker. A card will take care of it. Also, the Burn spell with Foretell of the format, Demon Bolt. Two in a red instant, four damage to Target Creature or Planeswalker. And Foretell one red mana. I'm not just trying to point out the best removal in the set, but honestly, it's the best removal in the set that can deal with the very quick one, two interactions with Battlefield Raptor. This is going to be something you have to account for. This might mean, say, putting in the deck a Bound in Gold, the Arrest variant of the set. Two and a white Enchant Permanent. The Enchant Permanent can't attack, block, crew vehicles, or activate abilities that are not mana abilities can't be activated. Also, say, a card like Wither Crown, one in a black for an Enchant Aura. The enchanted creature has base power zero, and then at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life unless you sacrifice this creature. Both of these aura cards are kind of underwhelming in a lot of matchups. 
when you can take advantage of a creature that you control that got pacified by your opponent and then say cast village rights that's also in this format sacrifice it and draw two cards you feel like you are very very behind but playing these bits of aura removal are going to be important to deal with these really quick low to the ground strategies this also might mean that you want to figure out ways to play in your main, say, disenchant effects. The thing that really springs to my mind that seems very strong is Masked Vandal. One in a green, it's a 1-3 changeling, that when it ETBs, you can exile a creature from your graveyard, and if you do, you exile an artifact or enchantment your opponent controls. And while I am talking about big auras that can go onto Battlefield Raptor, a card like this 1-3 exiling an artifact or enchantment is not irrelevant for a lot of the set. There is a cycle of uncommon two-color sagas, a lot of them being very, very good. What about the cycle of uncommon artifact equipments that you pay an extra cost and automatically put a creature token onto it? This card that does a disenchant effect seems like it can be very well positioned in this format alongside the arrest variants and the random auras that are just going to get there off of crazy big creatures like say battlefield raptor that being said continuing the conversation off of our changeling friend a card like mass vandal tells me too that there is going to be a lot of flexibility in the light tribal synergies that are ever present in this set and the tribal synergies are not as proliferated as say zendikar rising but they're still there say black green elves masked vandal fits in perfectly in that strategy what about the blue side with the crazy strong highly texted common card known as Mistwalker. Two and a blue, one for changeling. It has flying and you can pay one and a blue to give it plus one, minus one until end of turn. It fits right there on the curve for the giant's decks too. I really truly believe that these shapeshifters are just so well positioned in this format as early creatures that are just going to make you flexible enough to go into multiple different things. And on top of all of that, you can take advantage of some really cool last bits of tribal things that are in the set, like Raise the Draugr. One to black for an instant that either brings back a creature or brings back two creatures that share a creature type from your graveyard to your hand. I really think the presence of some of these changeling effects are going to make the tribal decks really, really strong. And then on top of that, you've got, like, say, a reanimation spell in the format in Return Upon the Tide, four and a black sorcery. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. And if it's an elf, you make two 1-1 one, one green elf creature tokens. This is a bit of an underwhelming reanimation spell, don't get me wrong, but to me, this means that the elf deck can table it. And when you are making two green elf warrior creature tokens, when you cast it, that's some big game, alongside getting some other really good payoffs, particularly in, say, the two-color green-black uncommon signpost cards like Harold, King of Skemfar. Man, I am just really thinking that the all-to-the-board elf deck and the blue-red spells matter giants decks are going to be recipes for success, particularly in the outset of the format. 
And if I could leave you, my unlucky lounge rats, with the reason why I think these tribal decks are going to be profoundly good, it's not because of the play, it's because you're going to table these tribal-specific cards. Take, for example, in the Giant Tribe, Squash, four and a red, six damage to a creature or a planeswalker, but the spell costs three less if you control a giant. How many of these cards can a non-giant deck play? Not many. But a giant's deck, you can double up on it. This is going to be a key to early success as people are still evaluating cards. Take advantage of the tribal. But this does leave us without having talked about the two big mechanics in the set, being Foretell and Boast. And I still believe there is a place for these mechanics in the set. In fact, I think the two mechanics do a really nice job of maximizing your mana efficiency, which if this was a set that had a thesis, that would be it. You want to be spending every little bit of your mana every single turn. And when you can foretell a card on turn two and then take advantage of, say, a slight mana discount later on down in the turns, you are going to get ahead of your opponents because you're going to be double spelling and taking advantage of, say, one of our contestants from Excessor Makes Sense and Blood Sky Berserker. I didn't even mention earlier that when you cast your second spell on this card, you get two counters and it gets medicine to lend a turn. That means on turn three, if you cast, say, that one drop and that two drop as mentioned in the show, and you have Blood Sky Berserker, it becomes a 3-3. And then potentially a 5-5 on turn four if you continue to double spell. This also means that you want to be really on top of getting your draw spells going and finding ways to make sure you can refill your hand. Say a card like Glimpse of the Cosmos, one in a blue. It's a sorcery, and it's an anticipate. For one in a blue, you look at the top of your cards of your library, put one in hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. And then it has this strange flashback variant. As long as you control a giant, you can cast it from your graveyard by paying a single blue, then exile it, and you get to do the anticipate effect again. See, this card is great because I don't even think you need that many giants. It doesn't require you to have it, when you cast it, you can draw, say, a random changeling that's floating around in your deck and still be able to get your second spell synergies off this card. So good, drafted often. Not to mention as well, kind of on the other side of the double spell that we're kind of talking about, a card like Dual Strike does interest me. It's a red-red instant. When you cast your next instant or sorcery with a CMC of four or less, you copy it. But you can also foretell it and then only pay one red to copy the spell. This seems like a perfect example of maximizing on multiple removal spells in the same turn and then still getting your second spell synergies. And not to float away too much from the foretell mechanic, but the fact that in its CMC, it's red-red, but for foretelling it, it's only a single red. That color discount is not to be underestimated. And that is the same for the counterspell Saw It Coming. One blue-blue counter-target spell foretell for one and a blue being able to reduce what you're holding up on your opponent for colors is so nice and if you get to copy an instant speed removal spell for a single red and blow out your opponent's attack or main phases based off of that this seems really nice 
and the instant speed ability of Fortel to produce an effect that your opponent would not anticipate is really, really nice and really exciting to me in my I want to do cool things sense. This whole conversation, too, about Fortel did start off with the pairing of Boast and Fortel, and I haven't really gotten around to what I think is so cool between the interplay of Fortel and Boast. Because you get to Fortel for, say, two mana, that leaves you sometimes with an extra mana on turn three or turn four, and you can channel that mana into some nifty Boast abilities. When you attack with a creature, you can then activate the Boast ability. Say, with a card like Tuscari Firewalker. This is 2 to red for a 3-2. With Boast 1 colorless, you exile the top card of your library, then you can play that card this turn. Small Boast costs that allow you to get little extra incremental advantages and then get more incremental advantages off of Fortel in the long run feels like it is a recipe for a fun time. Is the interplay between Fortel and Boast good enough to beat the streamlined synergies of tribal decks, that I can't tell you. That I have no idea about. In fact, that's one of my fears about this set because mechanics like Boast and Fortel, you really don't know how they play or interact with the set until you actually play them. I can guess all the live long day, but it won't be until we actually get to play with these cards where we understand what Kaldheim brings to us. But that doesn't mean I can't look forward to some things. And that in mind, I'm here to present to you in the last part of this episode my top three most anticipated decks that I want to draft in call time. Number three on my list of decks I'm most excited to draft in call time is a green base multicolor snow deck. Boy, that's a bit of a mouthful. Thank you, Borak. I thought I handled it pretty well. Regardless, I think that there's going to be a number of times when you're going to be a base green deck and the other cards you're going to play in your deck are going to mostly trigger off of snow cards and the only barrier of entry is going to be the actual casting of the card. So a lot of your second colors are going to be snow lands because in the draft we can't reliably get, say, the snow lands that we need. You have to draft them. And though we have the presence of snow duels, I don't think it's going to alleviate or allow you to play like a second color in snow consistently. So whenever I draft a snow deck, I really want to make sure I'm in a single color to maximize on the snow mana pips that are in activated abilities of a lot of cards. Take for example, the icy manipulator of the format, Icebind Pillar. Two and a blue snow artifact. You pay a snow mana and tap it to tap target artifact or creature. This effect is very strong, and in order to make it really, really strong, you want to make sure that you don't have to utilize space in your land slots for a second color, and then be caught up with cards in your hand that you can't cast because you need either a second color and a snow to cast it, and still want to activate another ability. Snow, to me, is essentially a second color for us to operate, with exception of potentially the green deck. Having a card like the Glittering Frost 2 and a green for a snow enchantment aura on a land, it becomes a snow land, and then whenever enchanted land is tapped for a mana, it taps for additional color of that mana. 
So you can take some really cool big saga payoffs that other decks can't take because they have to streamline into a specific color or maybe just a specific strategy. Then you get those late sagas and just get to play a lot of cool stuff. Additionally, you get to tutor out for additional lands with a boast creature that seems... I'm not sure if it's underpowered or overpowered or on power. Horizon Seeker. Two and a green for a 3-2. You can boast it for one and a green to search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So you can tutor for those snow lands. And those off-color snow lands are still going to do its job in the snow mono world. Additionally, you've got the super meme-worthy card of Path to the World Tree. One and a green for an enchantment. When this enchantment ETBs, you search your library for a basic land, put it in your hand, shelf your library. Then it's got this crazy activated ability of two and Wooberg. You sacrifice it, and you get the following effects. You gain two life, draw two cards, target opponent loses two life, it deals two damage to up to one target creature, and then you create a 2-2 green bear creature token. I know, Borok. I want to make this card work so bad. And if we can do some kind of green-based, multicolor ridiculousness, snow-based mechanical deck, then I am definitely going to try it. And we're going to see if there is snow problems with this type of deck. Number two on my list of decks I'm most excited to draft, the Double Spell decks. This could be in a multitude of varieties. I think it can be either blue-white, black-white, not so much maybe the blue-black variety. I think there's a lot of snow overplay in those decks that don't lend for the best color pair. But something in that spirit of the Fortel Double Spell decks. I've already mentioned some really sweet cards like Blood Sky Berserker as a really nice double spell payoff. I haven't even mentioned the big, massive, uncommon angel in Fierja, Judge of Valor. Two white, black, black, five cost for a 2-4 flying lifelink. Whenever you cast your second spell each turn, you look at the top three cards of your library, put one into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. So this can set up for some of the light exiling creatures from your graveyard stuff that's going on in the deck alongside refueling you after all of that double spelling it seems really nice and then on top of that if you're say going the white blue route you've got the bird spirit legend in the uncommon slot of vega the watcher for one white blue you get a 2-2 flyer whenever you cast a spell anywhere other than from your hand you draw a card i think the blue white flyers deck alongside you know Augury Raven, and well, I guess maybe Battlefield Raptor. Not so much in this deck build because it is a little bit more controly. Really benefits from some tight play and good card draw. And what I really want to do is cast one of my sagas, and chapter three on the stack, cast Depart the Realm. For one in a blue, it's an instant. You return target Nalnand permanent to its owner's hand, and then you can foretell it and cast it just for a single blue mana. With that mana discount from Fortel and getting all the advantage from your sagas, this seems like a great way to set up a double spell turn, get massive tempo swings, good card advantage, and feel really good while having some really nice interplay between Boast, Fortel, and of course, being most efficient with your mana. Hey look, the thesis came back. And my number one deck I am most excited to draft in Kaldheim Limited, Black Red Aggro Berserkers. 
Why? I actually couldn't tell you. This isn't the kind of deck that I really typically like to draft. Typically, blue-white control with card draw and big threats, that's the kind of stuff that gets my heart pumping, but this black-red beauty, this seems like where I want to be. The fact that you can get all of those double spell payoffs with, say, Blood Sky Berserker, getting refueled stuff with the runes, getting to take advantage of extra mana with Boast, and some of the really cool foretell cards, like Vengeful Reaper. Three and a black, two, three, flying death touch haste with foretell one and a black, sign me up. Then you can have big swings with, say, Doomscar Titan. Four red, red, four, four, when an ETBs creatures you control get plus one plus oh and haste until in a turn and then you can foretell it for four and a red that's called hitting your opponent real hard in a turn and then on top of all of that we get to play what i think might be my favorite uncommon card of the set card doer doom scourge two black red four three demon berserker legendary etbs your opponent's creatures have to attack next turn if able. And then when an attacking creature dies, not just your opponent's creatures, whenever an attacking creature dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Let's get to the red zone, friends. Let's make the whole metalness of call time really stand out. And sometimes you just gotta give it for a deck that has a true flavor win. Black Red Berserkers, let's get aggro double spell and get him in the face. Well, friends, that brings us to the end of our Excess or Makes Sense episode alongside some conversation, some pairs and predictions about call time. But as always, I want to know what you think. Find me on those socials. Leave a comment where this episode is posted on Twitter, on Twitch, YouTube, and TikTok. Find me, Draft and Draft Corey. Find me as well on Instagram, and if this show is giving you some joy, help us out on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Draft and Draft. Well, friends, it looks like I found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of another episode. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok. And go out there and make some snowy, called high memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.